This is the Lindell Report, bringing you news combined with hope by offering practical and achievable action points to assist you in defending and preserving faith and freedoms. And now, here is your host, Mike Lindell. Hello, everybody. Um, well, I'm going to get, I wanted to jump on here instead of a commercial. I'm going to talk to you about a uh, commercial we made today. And um, um, we're going to run it. We're going to run it right now. You guys are going to get a kick out of this commercial. Brandon, are you there? Brandon must not be there, but you guys. Okay, this, uh, anyway, this commercial was made. People turn in there. You'll, you'll see what I'm talking about, but. But the um, if you go to if you go to um, uh, YouTube, which I, I can't stand YouTube, but if you go there, you'll see that thousands of people, or hundreds for sure, have sent in pictures of their dogs every time watching my commercials. Um, so we decided to make a commercial out of that. So I want to play it. You guys are seeing it here for the first time ever. Part of this commercial was made. Of over a year and a half ago, before I got so busy with what we've all been trying to do, save our country, and uh, but uh, we combine that with this new uh, with this new footage. So, Logan, why don't you run that? It's pretty, it's kind of cute. Hello, I'm Tanya Waring here today with the inventor and CEO of My Pillow, Mike Lindell. And Mike, you've done it again. You've brought us an amazing line of dog beds. Yeah, this has been a long time coming, but I'll tell you what, I wanted yes. to make the best. It starts with the same patented fill for your dogs now as we do my pillow. You know, and they, uh, you start there with the, uh, the patented fill where you can adjust. The dogs like yep. to adjust too. They want to get exactly what they need. You can always tell your attention to detail. You just go above and beyond. With right. you know, like, like this gusset here, it's not just for looks. It's for also for the support all the way to the edge. You know, they they like adjusting just like we do, and you know, right. going in. And we, I put two sides on it for colors. I say, you know, somebody, if you don't want the paw prints, you're, and maybe you have a dog inside, yeah. and you each one, and all the different colors. I wanted everything covered in sizes from your largest dog to your smallest dog. And how do these fit in crates? I know a lot of people uh, the put medium, their dogs in yeah, crates. The medium size fits in crates. We made that one for that size. So you can throw them in the washer and dryer. They get dirty, but one of the things, if you're out in cold weather, they mm -hmm. actually bring you the cooling effect in the summer and the warming in the winter. And I know you solved a big problem for me because one of my biggest problems with my pillow is that when I go to get in bed at night, my dog has already beat me to my pillow, and that, I take, <laughs> it takes so much to even get him to move off. Right, and that you're not alone in. For years, I, when I did home shows and fairs for years, I'd hear that from everyone. My dogs, you know, would take my pillow, yes. and I'm and I'm going, well, this is good for me because now, you know, I'm selling extra my pillows. Yeah. Well, then people started sending me videos of dogs demanding this dog bed being made. So watch this. Hello, <laughs> well, I'm for my I invented my pillow because I believe everyone should get a great night's sleep. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. Welcome to 
Well, Tanya, as you see, the dogs love it. They asked, and we, here they are. They are so comfortable right now. This is why you get the dog bed. All those other things, the wash and dry, and same with my pill, the 10-year warranty and all that. This is the main reason. The dogs love it. They make, they adjust it to them. Yeah. No matter how big or small they are, they make a little nest, and they absolutely love it. Watch this. Come on, puppies. They're not leaving these dog beds. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going anywhere. They're not going they? anywhere. <laughs> I'm here to announce we're having the biggest sale ever on MyPillow dog beds. Go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get 50% off. Get this size for only $19.99. Get our medium size, now only $39.99. Or our large size for only $69.99. This is for a limited time, so order now. Anyway, Brandon, are you there? I, I was here the whole time, but I was muted. That was, <laughs> uh, that was awesome. I love it. Can you go to a wide shot, guys? Go to a wide shot if you can, guys. Because, of course, look, see, there she is. She's always right there on her dog bed. Uh, so I, uh, I love that. I love it. Well, Delta it's loves funny it. because as you just seen raw footage there. That commercial's not completely ready, but... That was stuff that was done with those dogs. We, you know, that was a, a half a day's production, but there was just some, I grabbed some clips from there. We literally have hundreds of some kind of weird thing where the dogs, they watch my commercials, they'll come in from another room and sit there. Usually it's during the jingle there, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but, the, uh, but anyway, so I just want to bring that here. That's uh, it was kind of cool. We made that today, the, the, the ending part of it and, and, uh, Remember, it's, you know, these, these are, they're just amazing. Use that promo code L77 or it's, and uh, uh, you can get all kinds of specials. But uh, I just wanted to, I wanted to bring that in. I know. And by the way, everybody, it works for cats too. I get people text, what about cats? What about, of course the cats love it. Any, any animals love them. You know, they, uh, same as a my pillow. So anyway, I figured, uh, I figured you'd be a good testimonial for that. Your dog sits there and won't leave its bed. You know, I said on QVC one time, a horrible QVC channel, um, they, um, that uh, part of cancel culture, of course, QVC. But they, um, I, um, I was doing a show there, and when I first did the dog beds on there, I go, yeah, I'm, I'm giving it a 10-year warranty or whatever it was. I can't remember. And we're, we're, we're putting the 10-year warranty on, just like my pillows. Well, then I said, and I even warranty it if they chew, if they chew up the dog bed in any way if it's if they damage it and uh and the the guy in my ear their lawyers from upstairs you can't say that you can't say that and i go yes i can warranty anything and i've never had one yet the dogs love it so they don't chew them up brandon you know that <laughs> no my, delta Good. never she never chews hers up she'll chew up toys but she will not chew up her dog bed by the way i did you you do did hear ted nugent the other night when he was on with us said that he and his wife sometimes lay on the dog bed yeah, I heard that. I heard that. Well, you know, try that with your dog. Your dog will probably bite you, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those dogs are very protective of their beds. But uh, anyway, we got to. So you got part three. I'm not going to. I won't be here for the whole show again, everybody. We have been doing so much getting uh, a lot of this stuff ready. Um, I'll, we'll have a full report of everything going on. But Brandon, you've been doing a series. Uh, tell everybody what you've been doing a series on the... Uh... We've been going through the declarations from the injunction in Arizona, Carrie Lake versus the Secretary of State there. We've gone through the uh, uh, declaration of Colonel Sean Smith. We've gone through the declaration yesterday of Colonel John Mills. 
uh, that day before yesterday. We've gone through the declaration last night of Mr. Doherty, and tonight we'll go through the declaration of, uh, of uh, uh, Logan, Mr. Logan. I love it, yeah. Well, here, I want to I tell you something here, too. Uh, this was just in. I wanted to get on here. If I wanted to, to, I was, I'm actually filming three more commercials I have to do tonight yet, and, and uh, I only get back to Minnesota ever so often because uh, I'm running around the country with these uh, meeting attorney generals and, uh, and a lot of other things. But uh, anyway, um, this was just in. Kurt Olson reached out to me, and I got to make sure I get it right here. Um, um, maybe he told you, but the GOP in Arizona got behind either, like, endorsed our uh, our complaint. Are you aware of that? Or no, they endorsed... no, no, I am not. Um, here, let me uh, let me let me let me get him on the phone here because this was big news. He was pretty happy to hear this, and uh, um, and we were gonna take calls uh, the other night, but you don't have a phone system. Hold on one second. Hey Kurt, Kurt, you're you're live here on uh, on my show. Yeah, I, I just had a question. I um, with me and Brandon. Um, what, what, um, what happened with the GOP in Arizona? What did they do today that was good? They filed an amicus brief supporting our motion for a preliminary injunction. Wow. You hear that? Wow. That, Brandon, that, yeah. And that's and we don't. What is an amicus brief? Is that a good thing? It is a good thing. It stands for a friend of the court. In other words, they're lending their support to things, even though they're not a party. Wow. That was So that is the big news. Well, thanks, Kurt. Um, we, we, we can take it from here. Thank you. So everybody there, what do you call it, an amica? Amicus brief. That's a friend of the court. means, so like... Um, uh, a legal firm, a law firm, a, uh, right. a, a well, organization that's known for conservative values that has lawyers on it could file uh, this amicus brief saying, hey, we are in agreement with this because, and then they lay out the case. This, they wow, would back everybody. Now, everybody, this is very important because remember, the Arizona complaint was the first preliminary injunction. And of course, in Alabama, remember, we're going to, uh, uh, we're going to try and get to every state. Um, and, um, with that, remember they try. You know the 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 defendant, which is um, Katie Hobbs, the Secretary of State. She actually sent a letter out about three weeks ago, or whatever, an email to the I guess the attorneys or whatever, and said, um, "This is frivolous, and and you know you better be careful. You'll have sanctions." Well, that was before Brandon. Then all the evidence is dumped, and all these what you're talking about here all these expert reports, is that correct? Correct. Right, so when all that was when all that was laid out for them, boy, they got silent real fast. And as soon as that was laid out, now you have, here comes the GOP supporting us or supporting Carrie Lake and, and uh, Mark Fincham, who did, who uh, are the uh, plaintiffs in this case. So this is really big news here. I guess that's, uh, I just wanted you to hear that. That's, when you get the support and the, Everybody should support it, not just the, uh, um, you know, not just Republicans, Democrats. Everybody should be in support of getting rid of the machine, you know. And uh, so um, anyway, I'm going to stay. I'm going to sit in for a little bit if you bring on uh, Doug uh, Logan. Doug Logan's Doug Logan with us. And uh, bring him in. And, and I'll, I, I'm going to have to go in about what do I got about five minutes. Uh, but I'd like to say hello, too. So. Hey, Doug. Hey, Mike. 
Hey, Doug, how you doing? Great to, great to have you on my show. I know uh, um, I know Brandon's really good at answering all the hard questions. He's, uh, he's like what he's <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I like to let him do that. He's so he's so good at no he's so, he's so good at his due diligence. I'll tell you what I I don't know his information. I think he's got an earpiece for you know. You ask him a question and, and you know the answers just flow <laughs> out. He doesn't have to go. Let me think about that. Boom, they're out there. You know, I think that's why he gets the most out of every minute on his show, on, on any one of his shows. Brandon, you get the most out of anybody because you're you're just boom 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 boom. So, um, but he's uh. Um, I haven't had a chance in the last three days. I know uh, um, th that was filed. Did you hear what I just said, Doug? That they filed that the GOP backed uh, backed the injunction down there. So that's really nice. That's awesome. That's good news. Yeah, yeah. And um, I want to say before I get off the uh, everybody, um, you know, I I met what did I met you only one time, Doug, right? And in, in Texas, uh, um, and I believe, right? Is that right? Yeah, I think that was the only time we've met. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Doug was showing, you know, when they did all that auditing, um, everybody, you know, a lot of the new system we have, you know, Doug, we took a lot of that from you, you know, what your due diligence was when you guys did that amazing, huge undertaking audit in uh, in Arizona. And uh, um, I just got one question before Brandon asked you. I want to ask you, it's just kind of off subject, but uh, what well, is on subject, but can you tell me the frustration? I've asked almost everyone involved in that audit. It was frustrating when you uh, when you find other thing you find and then it doesn't get put out there in the media. I mean, that's got to be very frustrating, huh? Oh, yeah. Very frustrating. What is it? The media says the most discredited audit or, or something like that. Where yeah, we yeah. Concrete finance with solid evidence for everything that we brought forward. So Right, right. I want to yeah. ask you one thing, too. Um, the the in particular because we're actually going after um nationally the what do they call it the military vote the awakawa the what is it called the military Uakawa. vote Uakawa. Yeah, um the the Uakawa vote i don't know if you were i know you you weren't the guy directly that, that right but you i know i i seen the guy on a on a conference or whatever and he and he was saying that was so um I guess such a deviation because they were almost all for Biden and they were in, uh, and I have found in like four other states where I've had whistleblowers talk to me that actually were the counters and the commissioners, they were all for Biden too. Um, I mean, that's just one of many deviations. I mean, it, does it surprise you that, I mean, if you think back in your whole life going, you know, you find something that like, and you're going, Hey, this is it. I want to show the world, and then, and then you've got people like Fox News that don't even talk about it. I mean, that's just nuts, isn't it? It's it's absolutely crazy. I'd heard of fake news, but then after doing the audit, being in the middle of it, it's a whole other experience. It's just it's, it's surreal. <laughs> like I, I don't know how we got to the place we're in right now. Uh, right. My well, eyes have been opened. <laughs> yeah, there's fake news, and then there's no news, like Fox. I I always say yeah. with Fox, it could be a weather channel, but they wouldn't be able to report the a hurricane or a tornado, no, no. <laughs> but, um, well, I know one thing, everyone in this country, um, they know it, you know, the, all the hard work you guys did down there for months, I think, what was it? Seven months or an eight months? I, 
think a little over a six, but I don't know. It's kind of all a blur. I'd have to go back. And yeah, play. I mean, I mean, and then to, and then basically it's like, well, that's that's nice. Um, next, you know, or, or they say that it was they try and discredit it, and um, um, but anyway, I'm glad you were part of this uh, um, this um, um, preliminary injunction. Um, so Brand, so Brandon, do you want to do take over from here? What did they do? They you did what? Did, what did they do that you all had to do? Was it uh, uh, reports on it? Brandon, are you there? Yep. They, these are their these are their um, declarations. Each of them. Okay. To declaration. So it, so for me, before you start asking Doug, what's it? These people you've had on with these declarations. What is that exactly? What are you doing? I mean, Brandon. It's a sworn. It's a sworn statement. They, it's, it's a legal document. They swear to it. Uh, it's, it's evidence backing up the injunction and the claim, and it's a sworn deposition, sworn document. Correct, Doug? Okay. Correct. It's, right. it's the, the equivalent of testifying in court. It's just in a written form. Um, it, so it's you know, on-the-record statements. Okay. And, and you right. can see it's rather his declaration. This is all one-sided because I printed off a printer, but it's a, it's a very lengthy declaration because i always cite my sources i don't i don't i don't make you trust me you i mean we have sources in there as well so. yeah he has he has a lot of footnotes and and hyperlinks so you can go check out what he's talking about and believe it or not but the attorneys actually took out about half of my my references so <laughs> oh, they did? Okay. doug what's your background no he just took his headphones off hang on what what's your background mike asked uh, so I, I'm kind of the application security background. It's a specialized area of cybersecurity that specifically focuses on making sure that the applications are secure and developed properly. Uh, specifically, I've done a lot of ethical hacking and I've trained others to do the same. So you would be a white hat hacker? Correct. And you've done so, uh, work for like Fortune 500 companies, a lot of big banks, main, main banks everybody would recognize. Yeah, correct. I, I've done... Um, uh, on the prior company I worked for before, so my company worked with Bank of America and J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, I've done with my my company. I've done a few others as well, large large names as well. So, and you so, also so hold. The, so here, I want to I want to say something there. Um, so you, you, what were you going to say, Brand? You all, you he, also what? He also holds those certificates that you like to talk about when we had our symposium. You're always quoting those certificates <laughs> those guys had. He has a right. bunch of those certificates. He could wallpaper his wall with them. Wow. Well, that's, you know, this is what I want to tell everyone, too. So, so Doug, you're not alone. It's like all these people, you know, I met probably when I do my, when, when we do this big event, I'm going to do, I'm going to do three hours of how, how, how we got here from my lens. And I met all these different people from all walks of life, from, from uh, like Doug Frank, a professor that, uh, you know, all these different geniuses that uh, mathematicians and cyber guys like yourself on all different platforms and planes and all different times. Nobody introduced me to them all like this person. Hey, you got to meet this person. It was like met them all kind of divinely. And it's like having all these bank cameras looking at the same robbery. But yet all of these people get attacked like, hey, we were just people before this. Uh, you know, we're just telling the truth here. Nothing changed. Like myself, nothing changed for me other than I got brought evidence that, and I did my own due diligence and going, hey, two plus two is still four, everybody. You can't deny it. This is a pair of glasses. Uh, this is a cell phone. I mean, it's like, and for them to just try and not only discredit um, data, 
I mean, that you can't argue, but the people that have all been involved, look at your credentials. I mean, it's like, it, Brandon, it's almost like everybody started from November 3rd on, you know, it's like, hey, the, who are these people? All you got to do is look it back. It's like, you know, at least they could bash me and say, oh, yeah, he was an ex-crack addict, you know, maybe he's still <laughs> on crack, you know, they do that all the time, you know. Um, but uh, but to take people like yourself with these kind of credentials and uh, and all these professors out there and other cyber guys, um, this this injunction, um, Brandon, you've interviewed how many before him now? A couple, and then there's how many? How many? How many are in this whole uh, injunction? How many experts? Well, we've got, of course, Doug Logan. We've got Colonel Sean Smith. We got Colonel John Mills. We have uh, Dwight. Um, we had on last night, Doherty. Uh, then we have yet Mr. Cotton. So that's, what is that, five or six right there? Yeah, yeah. And everybody beforehand, these are the best there is. They're the best, they're the best, the best there is out there. And I know I've seen Doug before we even met. They were, I've seen your name out there, and I would get calls all the time. Do you know Doug Logan? This is from the bad media. No, I've never met him before <laughs> in my life. I'm sorry. You can't discredit him through me. So I kind of kept my, I kept out of the Arizona office. That's one thing I never, I never went there. I go, you know what? They get enough to discredit without trying to pile on, right? <laughs> but, uh, they, they had to make a lot of stuff up in order yeah. to try to discredit us. I mean, it's, it's yeah. just that simple. Yeah. But, uh, uh, and and ahead, it is man. extremely frustrating. I'm sure you're running the same thing, but like I've, I live my life trying to be beyond reproach in everything I do, you know, living yeah. a life of integrity. You know, I had nicknames of like the Boy Scout because, you know, I wouldn't even tell that white lie, you know, and then right. you start reading <laughs> the news and the media. And you're like, he's a grifter. He's a like, where did that come from? Like anybody who knows me as a person would never believe any of those stories. Um, right. And yet, you know, my reputation, you know, publicly has has been pretty much ruined because Ooh. I chose to do an audit. You know, right. well, you know, let's so. talk about that right there, because you and I had an off uh, the TV conversation on the phone. You say your reputation has pretty much been ruined. How has this impacted your ability to do your job, make a living, run a company? I mean, you had a company was in the news all the time, Ninja, Cyber Ninjas or something, right? Yeah, so Cyber Ninjas went out of business because of the Maricopa audit, um, primarily because we couldn't pay our subcontractors and ongoing lawsuits and the Senate not paying us in a timely manner. Um, so I, the beginning of the year, I tried to start up a new company. Um, I found going to about 80 or 90 insurance companies that no one would would write us insurance anymore. Um, and that, that kind of got my attention. Um, had had difficult time um, trying to recruit new people. And so as the Lord uses those times, it, it got me to pray. I got on my knees, I prayed about it. I said, okay, Lord, what are you, what are you doing this time and in, in this hour? How am I supposed to respond to this? And he said, Doug, it's time for you to close your company. Um, by the way, your insurance is gonna come through, but it's time for you to close your company. And so I actually, I had transitioned my employees over from Cyber Ninjas to this new company to make sure they had a job because I didn't want the fact that, that I did the audit work to impact them. So I was able to arrange jobs for them with one of our biggest customers, close things down, and I got a call back from an insurance agent later that day that said, oh, by the way, we finally found someone who would write you insurance. Um, so I, you know, I, I've, I've now applied for jobs with other places. I've put in 70, 80 applications of things I'm highly qualified for, and uh, I have not really received a phone call back. Because so they put your I, name I'm into a search engine. Related. They put your name into a search engine. It's, re it's related. It's not definitely related, but I'm guessing it's related. They put so your I name. It's hundred. It's hundred percent. It's hundred percent related, and it's a shame. This is uh. This is where we're at as a, in in our country, 
what's happened in the last year and a half is just disgusting. The cancel culture goes deep. It goes so deep. Uh, do you know? Do you know Logan? I mean, uh, Doug, that they, uh, um, they, I, I would hire lawyers for my law fair, and I, I would hire a local lawyer, and that lawyer got let go the very next day when the firm line said we didn't know Mike Lindell he was going to work for Mike Lindell, um, and because he got attacked, you know. So it's all these people out there. Shame on them that won't, you know. Um, a lot of them are out there. They won't hire because they're just they're they're in fear that they're going to get attacked. You know, this is what this is what we've had to do as a nation, everybody. Where, and I believe judges are going to be end up saving the day where they're going to get brave because they're afraid to even look at stuff. They're afraid to make rulings. They're yeah. afraid to do anything. And um, you know, there's very, you know, at least with my platform, I I had a blessing. See that you. The one thing I had that God gave me a huge platform of notoriety, and I had already said I was an ex-cracked addict. I had already told everything. <laughs> so it's pretty hard for them to attack me. To, you know, they went after my company. They tried to bring my company down, and but they couldn't bring who I am down. It, you know, yeah. I tell you know, I tell it like it is. I tell the truth, the, and, and, and uh, you know, and that's, that's where we're at, and it's, it's so sad. I think people need to hear that. Here you are. You've done a great service for our country, and and uh, and then they these they we call it they whatever the evil is out there they destroy you, and uh, and now you're sitting. But you know too that uh, um, you know God's going to repay you. God's going to provide, and you know that. And I've been, um, you know, I, everyone. I would ask everyone out there to pray for you know pray for Doug and and the future of anyone that's been attacked because there's been. So many, any name that came out of that audit got, you know, they got, they, uh, you know, if once the name's out there, I know people, I'm not going to name names, but they, their names got, you know, not just that, but anywhere in the country, the names get just attacked. Look at Tina Peters getting attacked. You know, I mean, Dower's getting bashed down and, and uh, so, but it is, uh, um, that's a big part of the story down there, but that's a, that's a backstory. I remember you telling me that. I thought things had gotten so for yourself. Things have not gotten better. You're still waiting for a, for that opportunity, huh? Yeah, I mean, there's some stuff I'm working on right now as possibilities. I mean, the Lord's in control. I mean, right. he's he's been faithful. We've we've had friends write checks to help us, you know, because I, I think you remember this, but I've got 12 kids, so I've I've got a pretty big. Family. You have what? I've got 12 kids. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, before Brandon gets started. It's actually the first time you heard it, too. <laughs> before Brandon gets started with questions, do you have any place where people can reach out to help you? I mean, do you have any site, or is that taken down, too, where they can help out? You, you know, a lot of people ask me to put up a site for myself, and I don't feel comfortable doing so until the audit debts are paid. So if you go to Give, Send, Go and search for Stratech, they're one of my subcontractors. You can give money to help pay my debts for, for audit-related stuff. But I'm not going to do any public fundraising right. until they're paid well, for us. Give, give that one more time. So. What was that? Give that one more time, that website or that. So on Give, Send, Go, if you search for Stratech, S-T-R-A-T-T-E-C-H, you'll find um, a Give, Send, Go for them um, that okay. is specifically for they, – they're one of my subs that really helped the audit be a success. They're, they're huge champions. It would not have been successful without them. Um, and I oh. owe them about $510,000 right now. And right. I'd love to see that. Well, we're all going to try to get so. that paid for you. That's uh, 
All right, go, go ahead, Brandon. So let me just ask you about that. When you say you, to get them paid, is there someone not paying you so that you can't pay them? <laughs> no, not exactly. I mean, when this, when this audit originally started, um, I was told that, you know, there was only a set amount that the Senate wanted to pay um, and that we were going to do it for that amount and that there was a couple groups that said that they would cover whatever we needed in order to fundraise. Um, Needless to say, those groups did not come forward with whatever we needed in their defense. Um, the audit was more expensive than originally intended. Our, our initial time estimates done by one of our first subcontractors were, was wrong, was grossly wrong, and needed to be adjusted. And as soon as we adjusted for that, that made things a lot more expensive than, than initially expected. Wow. Wow. Well, wasn't there other expenses, too, like, didn't you, like that big stadium or whatever? They, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that... People, I think you you got an anomaly like that. I think there was a lot of a lot of money wasted frivolously. That they that if if you would have been able to set it all up yourself, probably you could have being you know could have saved a lot there, right? I mean, we, we could have saved money if this is something that had been done before. But there was we did a lot of research and development. I mean, there's a lot involved in counting 2.1 million ballots quickly. We literally had a group that was building custom jigs to do things with it and testing oh, wow. different things. We had a research oh. development department. We were swapping these things out. We're changing them all the time. Uh, with that said, your average recount, if you just do a recount, is on the range of like nine or $10 million just for a recount. And that's just physically counted ballots. We counted ballots in forensics audits and everything. So from a cost standpoint, yes, the number was bigger than expected, uh, but it was not you know, enormous in comparison to this type of work being done elsewhere. Was this the largest audit ever performed? This is the most comprehensive election audit ever done. I do believe it's the largest as well. Wow. And so just I, I want to, I, I got a quick question on that. So, so when, when you see, um, now that you've went through the audit part of it, if you didn't have machines in a world without voting machines, okay, like France, okay. So here's France and, and Doug, you and I kind of had this conversation with, with now using a, Using a ballot, just a ballot that's got a you know, very secure paper. In fact, my, well, there's that one I got right here. Here it is. You hold it up to the light. You see all the things like a dollar bill. Now, using this and where you have cameras and you're doing you're doing your count right in front of the cameras, that does become the audit. And the whole everyone in the world gets to see the audit basically before that count is put up online finally because you've already done everything before it would hit the internet uh, manually like the old days, only we have camera systems now that are so much better. Um, would that, um, and that also eliminates the need for an audit when you have it all on film, right? Uh, I mean, I think there's always a place for, for double checking and auditing things. So I don't think it necessarily replaces audits, but it does make things more transparent. And by all means, our elections need to be more transparent. Right, right. I mean, and right, that's the biggest absolutely. problem with the election machines right now right. is is that even if they were perfect, and they're not, they're grossly not. You can read my declaration, you'll see how bad they're not, not perfect. Right. But even if they were absolutely perfect, your average person doesn't understand them. Your average person right. running them doesn't understand them. Your average judge doesn't understand them. How can right. you expect people to be able to, to believe and to trust or even know if there's anything going wrong with them when they don't understand them? The number of people qualified to identify if they were tampered with in the United States is a very small number. Uh, and it's certainly not the people running the elections. 
Uh, a lot of people running the elections have minimal computer background. How are they supposed to know? They're relying on the vendors, and that's just not a good formula for success. And, and in your declaration, you state that examples where the voting machine companies are actually the ones running the election because the folks that are elected to do so don't have the technical skills to even do it. So the voting machine companies are actually the ones tallying and running the elections. And you cite examples in your declaration here. Uh, correct. In a lot of cases, I mean, just Maricopa County is an example. Maricopa County has two full-time Dominion employees to help with all the, all the critical operations of running the election. Wow. Um, and that's, you know, so if you have to rely on your vendor, or my favorite one is, did you see the Williamson County, Tennessee, yes. AC report? Yes. I mean, Dominion basically said, this is what the problem was, and here's the fix to it. And the EAC said, okay, um, from a technical standpoint, it, they, what they said doesn't make any sense. Um, and that's actually in my declaration. I'm probably going to try to do a video here, here soon going through it in detail. But the, the explanation as to what went wrong does not make any technical sense. And yet EAC just rubber stamped it because it came from the vendor because they lacked the technical expertise in order to even validate or to see in between, you know, when, to really understand what's being in there. And a lot of people have read that when it's like a six page report, um, but you have a technical person read that report and you start asking, what does this really mean? And you realize it doesn't make any logical sense. One of the simplest things in it, we'll just go through this one is, so it says a QR code was misread and marked a ballot as provisional. And because of erroneous code, every ballot after that was marked as provisional. So effectively, they weren't counted. Okay. Well, a lot of people know this about QR codes, but QR codes are way more complicated than a barcode. That makes sense? Yep. So on your credit card, have you ever tried to type in your credit card into a form field and you put one digit wrong and it, it notices you don't even have to submit the page. It notices there's something wrong with it. Do you know why that is? No. Because there's a simple checksum. That last digit in your credit card it will, it has to be a certain value for all the values. Basically they add up in a certain way and there's a certain value to go through. So it makes it so that if something is misread, you'll never accidentally charge Jim's credit card while you're running your credit card because his credit card's one digit different because it can't happen because the checks up. So QR codes wow. actually, QR codes are way more complicated. They actually have a full backup of the, all the data. So the data is in there twice. It's in there once in its normal phone and once it's a polynomial. Okay, so it's, the data is in there twice. Um, and as a result, depending on what type of QR code you have, it act, you can actually have up to 15% or it varies anywhere from 7 to 30% um, where you can have the, the QR code totally covered or destroyed. And it, if, as long as you've got the remaining of it, it can totally recover the value and can read it. Okay. So on Dominion barcodes, it's 15%. So for a QR code to not be read properly, they'd have to 15% of it completely destroyed or not read. Not only that, just like when you go into your, you try to swipe your card, you know, it will tell you it didn't swipe it correctly, but it's not going to charge Jim. Well, that's the same thing that's going to happen. If these error correct and can't balance out, it's going to say no invalid QR code. It's not going to say, oh, this is provisional. You know, when it wasn't provisional, it's either going to read it or it's not going to read it. There's too much error right. correction in it for it to get it wrong. So how can you say that it misread a QR code? That's technically doesn't make any logical sense. Show the screenshot, Logan, for those maybe who don't know what a QR code is, because I know they are fairly new. Some of the audience may not know. We have a screenshot here. There we go. There we go. That, and this is actually his declaration, folks. This is and if you zoom in on that QR code, you'll actually notice there's a little red box just to the left. Oh, maybe maybe you have one that's not in color. Yeah, this is a black. Your declaration is black and white. Okay. Well, originally it was in color. That's not very helpful if it ended up being black and white. Yeah. So if you see that little box 
you know how they've got the box that looks like a bullseye and there's three of them? Yep. So if you take the bottom left one and you look at that little dash right to the right of that, that actually is an indication of what level of error correction it is. Um, and that little box around it is actually should be red. But that little dash right there is what tells me that it has 15% error correction. If it was a different value in there, it could be 7% or 30% or whatever it is. And if you guys want to read his declaration, all you got to do is go to frankspeech.com, which I'll do again real quick right here. Go to frankspeech.com, go to the second, beneath the second player, click on that link right there, injunctions to terminate the machines. These are all the declarations of everyone we've been interviewing. And there's Logan's declaration right there. And by the way, just again, so the audience knows, you are the primary author of the Maricopa County election audit. You're the primary author of that report. Correct. Okay. Um, let's talk. I got, I got, a, I want to quick interject here something. You know, what I've been saying, the, the, what amazes me most, um, Doug, is that all the deviations, obviously you're doing an audit, you've seen, <laughs> I don't know how many deviations, you just explained one there, but they, you know, can you, can, did you see what just happened in Georgia? I want to, Explain to people what what they what I believe the, the reason they did this in all the states is because if I told you in Arizona that Donald Trump won five million to Biden's fifty thousand, everyone in the country would say, "Um, there's a computer error." You wouldn't think in your head that, <laughs> that you wouldn't think of in your head that millions of people went and cheated by one vote. You would think that hey, one or a few people went and cheated millions of votes with a computer or there was a computer glitch. That's why they had to disguise all these all these deviations. And that's why Arizona, uh, it became so blatant um, at the end uh, when it took a whole week to count 2% or whatever. But but I want to say what just happened in Georgia, I want to get you, maybe, maybe I'm sure you've heard about it, but there, in, on May 24th, there was a Democrat. Did you hear about this Democrat that got, she got in her own precinct with her and her husband. She got zero votes. Yep. Well, that's a pretty big deviation. Um, and uh, when, when she voted for herself, we got to assume, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah we we should have gotten at least her, one. At least, yeah, one. At least <laughs> one. So, so now your I, I really believe her, this, but... Doug. I really believe this. If they would have just given her a hundred votes, a hundred and ten, she would have. It wouldn't matter what she would have said. They would have said, hey, it happened too bad, you know, and but instead she got zero. So all the, and she was in third place. So they were going to have a runoff with the first and second person. So she was out. So they do this fast audit. Brad Rassenberger, remember, everybody, the the criminal of Georgia, of the United States, uh, him and him and Bill Barr now are so close. It's ridiculous after what Bill Barr did the other night. Um, but here's Brad Rassenberger says, there was a computer, or there was a, a um, we, what log, or um, programming, the, the, com, the machine was programmed wrong. There was a programming problem. And, and so they redo it, and she ends up with 3,000 more votes, which catapults her from third to first. And now the other person's out, and those two now are in a runoff. And it's, it just, with all the deviations you had down there in Maricopa, which even some of them went public. I mean, you had, but, but even if it's just one deviation, you got to find out why, like in my business every day, I have 5,000 radio TV stations. And if I see Brandon, Brandon sold uh, 
uh, triple what he usually does on his show, there had to be a different input in order to get a different output. It's pretty, it's pretty simple. You can't, when you have this, you have to have a different input to get a different output, whether the numbers are low or high, it's all mathematics. And, and, uh, I, it's just been, I just can't, I keep going over the frustration when I see all you guys doing these, but keep, show us a couple more of them. Basically these declarations are going to be, um, Hey, but why don't we look at this? I mean, this is just unbelievable. Why would you ever want machines again in history? You know, I'm, I'm going to ask you one more thing. It's more broader than that. Doug, if you've been in this business for how long, decades, whatever, and, and in the, the cyber white hat hacker, I'm going to tell you, here's what I always say all the time. And you, and in the world we're in, we're at an apex in history. And I believe, you know, you there's there's attacks all the time. I just had one on my pillow uh, three months ago. It cost me a little over $1.1 million. Um, and, um, well, you know, so what happens then is my, my guys, my IT or cyber guys, they patch the hole and they find out how it happened. And then the bad guys... Um, they go, they go away. Maybe they get caught. Maybe they don't. But then it starts all over again, and it's a, it's good and evil going back and forth on that. But you have cyber attacks in the world we're in. This is they're here to stay, whether there's good guys and bad guys. But it all involves just money, except for one thing, and that's our election. And so, it it only has to happen in election. How do we ever get our country back if these machines stay here? And they're capable of being hacked, and the same thing happening over and over again. Is that is there even a way forward unless you get rid of these machines? Um, you've been in the computer world, and you know, is there any machine that you think that could be built, or would you want to chance your country that could be built? I got in an argument with a guy just the other day. He was one of the one of the um, brains behind originally behind the voting machines, and. Uh, he says, well, no, you, you can do them. You, you make them more secure. Well, do you want to bet your country, Doug? If you're, you're a white hat hacker, if you could build something, do you think there could be one built that could never be hacked? Would you guarantee your country that? I, I absolutely could not guarantee that it would never be hacked. But more importantly, like after evaluating, so I did a declaration as part of the Antrim, Michigan case as well. Um, wow. And I have routinely seen inventory control software that is better written than the election software. And so it's it's not just that it's we've got this secure thing that's well done and well put together and you know it just needs to be buttoned up a little bit. We're talking about software that's not built to the standards that our software is routinely written in for financial services across the board. And it's not in the same ballpark. And that's what's running our election. So we're we're not like talking about something like we've got a Rolls-Royce but it's missing some extra little feature here. You know, we've, we've got we've got some no offense to Kia Kia's, but we've got some beat up old Kia, you know, from from forever ago. And, and you're trying right. to drag race with it. It's just not going to happen. Like it right. just doesn't have the capability. It's not was not built that way. And right. what you found, but even Doug, if you had we had we had a guy hack at the cyber symposium. He hacked from the table in five minutes. We were doing a mock election. He hacked into it in five minutes from the from the other room. And uh, and I let's just I want the last question I have is if we had that Rolls Royce that was just beautiful, it was, and it was every spot was, you know, you had 20 other white cyber guys shining in every second. It still is not worse than our freedoms in the United States or the world. 
to take that, even if it's one in a million, are you going to bet everything we fought for, everything uh, the our veterans, everything ever you know, their military has fought for, everything that people have, uh, our founding fathers, everything is gone in a blink of an eye, and you never get it back, and uh, unless uh, yeah, I mean, because uh, at the end of the day, how do, you, how do you how do you protect against a Rolls Royce assembly technician? I mean, right. that's it's called an insider threat. It's what we call insider threat. There, that is the thing that plagues every organization across the globe from a cybersecurity standpoint. Is insider threat. What do you, if you have a malicious insider? How do you handle it? How do you do that? And you can't. You can have the best right. built machine, but if it, if the guy building it is purposely putting a backdoor or system into it, and if they do it well, it's hard to detect. And that's what um, Colonel John Smith or John Mills, Colonel John Mills, who was on last night, who sat on the National Security Council for two presidents, that, that's what his entire declaration is about, in part, is remote control access and bad actors who are inside, whether they get inside the company or whether there's a back door and then they're allowed to get in, but bad actors. That's his whole thing with his declaration on remote control access. Well, that's a and good we're on that right topic. there. Right, right, what you just said there, both of you just said there, that's what these preliminary injunctions, and that's what we're fighting for. Everyone in this country, all you bad media watching right now, this is a, you know you're here in this in this country. You need to get on board with this because you just heard it. If a guy can build it, you can surely hack it because you're the guy that built it. Is that right, Doug? <laughs> if the guy yeah. builds it, he should be able to hack it. So you're not only trusting the machine part, but you're trusting ever built it and, and you have and and uh and uh and then you got to make sure that none of the voting machine companies are penetrated by somebody seeking to go in and be that bad actor necessarily on the inside not that he has to be on the inside but the fbi the cia they have all had bad actors on their inside of their own organizations for and and what? It, yes and as yeah. we saw, as we saw from, uh, as we saw Tell from, so. as we saw from Colonel uh, 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 Sean Smith, some of those things didn't come out for four decades. Four decades, our intelligence wow. arena had bad actors on the inside, doing great damage to our national security, and the intelligence arena didn't know it for forty years. Wow. Well, what's some more of them declarations Let's there, Brandon? Look at this screenshot right here. This is from his declaration. A voting tabulator that is currently used in twenty-three states is vulnerable to be remotely hacked via network attack, writes Doug, because the device in question is a high-speed unit designed to process a high volume of ballots for an entire country. Hacking just one of these machines could enable an attacker to flip the Electoral College and determine the outcome of a presidential election. That's just one paragraph. You want to comment on that? Yeah, let's, let's comment about that. So in part of my declaration, one of the things I did is I referenced that there's a hacking conference every year called DEF CON. And for the last few years, they've actually had a voting hacking village where they bought voting machines and they put them there for people to play with and to, to compromise. And that was actually a quote out of their report from one of their years. And this is your average conference, okay? Your conference, you have two and a half days. This is not months of time or weeks of time or even a week of time. They have two and a half days. And in two and a half days, well, doing all the other things they do at a conference, Individuals found the ways to every major vendor that was that was represented at these conferences to royally to exploit them, and year after year after year they have. Um, after the 2020 election, they stopped publishing a report, 
Um, surprise, surprise. But they used to publish oh. report, and that I cited three of them in there specifically showing. And these are individuals that did not have law like law and access to it. These are not people. The people found these were not people who had worked with voting machines before. Um, these were so that was a quote out of you know out of one of those reports. Let's go to the second paragraph. A second critical vulnerability in the same machine was disclosed to the vendor a decade ago, yet that machine, which was used in 2016, still contains the flaw. Comment? They're not fixing, so there's bad vulnerabilities and they're not even fixing what they, what's being found. Um, and all of these are a firm indication of an immature cybersecurity program. Um, when I'm saying that, that this software is not being built to the same standard as financial services, financial services in this country in general has solid cybersecurity programs that are mature over the years. You don't have things that don't get fixed over 10 years and have a program that's actually effective. And if it's not effective, you're not finding the problems in the first place. And there's even more that we don't know about. And you also said that in all the systems you have evaluated, none of them were using best practices and, they, and, and detailing in the logs so you could go back and see what was happening and find fraud, correct? Correct, and none of these systems that these are deployed on have been hardened in any fashion. Hardened is just a fancy term to mean that we increase the security on them from the defaults. Um, so for example, when you go onto your computer, if you delete a file and you've got a standard Windows machine, it doesn't log anything when you delete it. But if you've got a vote-in system, you want to check the little box that says, okay, when a file is deleted, I want you to log the timestamp and who it was. Just a very simple example. There's an organization called Center for Internet Security that got benchmarks on how to configure things securely. Um, they, they're very well established and none of those are implemented. There's no hardening done. The government has their own standards for hardening things. Stakes is one of the examples put out by the, the DOD. They didn't utilize any of those benchmarks. So the, these, these voting machines aren't even utilizing what has been developed and utilized in the federal government. Let's go to your next paragraph. Hack, uh, another machine used in 18 states was able to be hacked in only two minutes while it takes the average voter six minutes to vote. This indicates one could realistically hack a voting machine in the polling place on election day within the time it takes to vote. Comment, please. I, I, just the same thing, another thing that says, this is why for years, bipartisans have talked about how voting systems are vulnerable and need to be fixed. And yet magically in 2020, what do you mean? There's nothing to see here. There's nothing to fix because these things have been known. These things have made it into various different congressional inquiries where they, the committees have looked into them before. They're aware of this information. And then your third paragraph, hackers have the ability to wirelessly reprogram via mobile phone, a type of electronic card used by millions of Americans to activate the voting terminal to cast their ballots. This vulnerability could be exploited to take over the voting machine on which they vote and cast as many votes as the voter wanted. Comment? I think it speaks for itself. Yep. <laughs> it's I, a problem. These I, are not I, secure systems. I know that Mike <laughs> likes to talk about uh, Professor Alex Halderman. We, we really have followed him, his, his information, his testimony. You, you actually spend quite a bit of time talking about him. I bet Mike would find it interesting how you've incorporated Holderman's work into your declaration here. Can you speak to that? Sure. So Halderman was the individual who was actually hired in the, by the Michigan Secretary of State in order to explain what happened in Antrim. Um, and effectively, what he said is, is that they, they changed a ballot in one location and added a candidate. 
And because they added a candidate, each, each candidate has a number like one, two, three, four, five. Okay. And when they did so, it shifted every candidate down. And there was actually a mismatch between the tabulator and the EMS server so that what used to be candidate two was now candidate three, but the votes tallied to the wrong one. And that's why what happened in Antrim is in a number of precincts, um, Trump's votes, or, sorry, Jorgensen's votes went to Trump. Trump's votes went to, to Biden and Biden's votes became undervotes. Um, and if that's, you know, if that's actually an accurate representation of everything, it, it's an indication of poorly written software at best. I mean, how can you say that your job is, I mean, it's got one job to make sure that the, the right candidate has the right number of votes tallied. Um, and they failed in that one job. And it's not like the information wasn't available to them. The names of the candidates are on the tabulators, the IDs and everything. As part of the import process, they could do input validation to make sure they're being matched up properly or throw it out ears. And they don't. And they don't. And so, um, yeah. I got, I got a question. And it's, uh, this is probably everybody's curious out there. How did the on national TV, when Fox finally said one thing about an election a year later, said, yep, Mar Mar Maricopa County, Biden actually, they, we found 12 more for him, the election's good. How would the paper match the corruption that was going on in the machines? And that's the first question. And uh, um, is, could you explain that? Uh, why, how could you, how could you, the paper, match the machine count okay so so when we went through and we physically counted the ballots our numbers ended up within spitting distance of the of the actual official certified results um, right and specifically we actually you know the big headline was that biden actually had more votes right <laughs> Just, yeah you know, based correct. on our hand count you know first off from from a hand count standpoint, there is a, there is a margin of error that's in there, um, but also on the machines, there was a lot of data that was deleted that we couldn't validate things. So yes, we can take we can take the hand count and we can take you know the the stage multiple stages back and to look at the certified results. But really, what we were supposed to do and we wanted to be able to do was to take those results, um, match them up with what was on the actual computer itself, match up to all the images that are on the computer itself, and match up every stage along the way. Um, because it's it's theoretically possible that if there isn't a solid chain of custody and what was it that someone revealed after the audit, they did a request and 750,000 ballots didn't have any chain of custody. I mean, paper could have been swapped out in between the end of the election before we right. the audit. So what, so what you're saying, Doug, is you, so you're saying they deleted the stuff or they didn't, we always heard, oh, they didn't give you the routers. They didn't give you the routers. And we heard people deleted, they're on camera the night before the audit. So they deleted stuff in the machines or didn't let you have certain things, so you couldn't care, you couldn't compare the two to make sure that they what really went in the machines, what the paper said. Yeah, well, so you've heard about how they had their own audits, right, and how those audits were so comprehensive. Right. Well, at the end of the day, all the audits actually did was validate it was the right version of software running on the systems. That was what they tested. And if you had any question about that, what we actually found is the day before those audits happened. Someone went into the Dominion software, they went up to a menu option and chose purge all results and all data. Are you sure you want to purge all results? Yes, I want to purge all results. Cleared out the entire database. We have this, we have this in the logs. And what they claimed in DC when asked about this was that they were following routine archive procedures. But we looked at last 
prior year's elections and the data was still there. So if it was a standard procedure, why wouldn't it apply to elections? Right. So they didn't only just do that. Then, the, then a couple of days before stuff was actually given to us, the entire database's directory was deleted. And so the database was purged and then it was deleted before it was given to us. And, wow. and you, you got you to wonder why. I mean, sometimes, <laughs> you know, you don't, I don't have any well, good we, answer. We, like don't, we don't even wonder data. why anymore. <laughs> they did this all through the state of Colorado. They called it the trusted build. Uh, in Texas, we just caught one county that ESNS was going down there to delete it. And at least the judge ordered a preliminary injunction. Oh, no, you're not deleting anything. You're not going in there to do any maintenance. So at least the judge, you know, stood up and stopped them. This is uh, this. I, you know, and why wouldn't did you feel like you were fighting, uh, fighting not only I mean, um, it seemed at least what we see in the headlines, you're fighting Republicans that you'd think they would want an audit, and 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 uh, you're fighting law enforcement that, that didn't get the sheriff's decided that we're not going to give you the routers. I, these are things we heard out there in the media that slipped through the cracks, and then we heard that there was 200,000 uh, paper that didn't that wasn't of audit paper. They had or the signatures did. We also heard that some people voted twice, three times. I don't believe the people did that. I believe it was a machine just using their names. Um, can you speak to that? I mean, some of the anomalies you've seen that are basically impossibilities that, that just fell by the wayside? I, I mean, I think one of the biggest findings from our audit report is 23,344 individuals somehow voted from an, via mail-in ballot from an address they no longer lived at when the ballot was mailed at. They moved more than 30 days before the election, yet right. somehow got their ballot and, and voted. Um, and I think that that's one of the big things. I think when, when I saw 2000 mules, which is, I think, some of the most concrete proof that we have the election election was stolen. Um, I was blown away and I looked at the numbers. I was like, that's my 23,000, the 334 right, right. right there. You know, right. you know, but you know, you know what Bill that, Barr so. said, you, you know, what Bill Barr said to was it yesterday about the about the 2000 mules. He belly laughed, didn't he, Brandon? Yes, he did. He yes, belly he did. laughed and said and said, uh, you know, basically, you can take cell phones and three million phones going around. Huh? You know, boy, a trucker would go by there ten times a day. Well, I'll tell you what, I have lost my phone. Except in a, they have in video. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got videos of two thousand people committing felonies on government cameras, and and I'll tell Mr. Yeah. Bill Barr, the biggest traitor this country's ever seen. This, uh, yes, Brandon, bigger than Rassenberger. Okay, and. Uh, but I, I, you know, I lost my phone twice in a field, and all I do is call my IT person. She goes, "Walk this way, walk this way." You basically can reach down and pick it up. Believe me, yeah. the, um, Tim Cook knows where you are at, people, at every single moment. Okay. And I wonder how many cases the former uh, Attorney General of the United States just compromised for the government that can be used by defense attorneys by poo-pooing the technology they probably used. To, and do use to prosecute traffickers and who knows what else. So I wonder, yeah. by opening his big fat mouth, how many how many bad guys are going to get off. But uh, we interviewed uh, Walter Doherty last night, and he was saying in his declaration, I don't know if you've had a chance to read it, that there are these proportional integral uh, derivatives, uh, PIDs, that are running. Um, he, he compared it to, like, if an airport is fogged in, and you turn on the software and the beacon that's coming in, the plane can line up, and if it needs to 
come in lower or higher or pull back on speed, but so that it doesn't land before the runway end up in the mud, but not land too far ahead so that it runs out of runway, but it can get onto the right pattern so that it touches down just as it should. And he said these, this uh, proportional integral derivative was running and he can prove it, which shows an algorithm. Can you speak to that? I, I can't really speak to that. I'm, I'm sorry. That, that's more higher math stuff that's so, not my expertise. So, so did I, I can just, talk about cybersecurity. So did I just stump a computer guy, Mike? Did I just stump a computer guy? <laughs> I would rather talk about what I know a lot hey, about. Hey, Jimmy, than, than Jimmy Kimmel asked me what, an I, what, a, what IP meant for an IP address. So <laughs> I said, Jimmy, I'm not a cyber guy. Remember that, Brandon? <laughs> yes, I do. I do. I do. Well, so, so hey, do you want to know for next time? Yeah, absolutely, I do. But are 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 any general algorithm? Computers are out, right? So, but like if, a... if not just a PID, what about an algorithm? Did you see anything that told you there was a there was something controlling this? Uh, no, I, I've read a lot of the papers and, and worked with a lot of mathematicians who have very compelling arguments, and I assume they know what they're doing, and their analysis are in it. But I have not seen anything that, that specifically shows the manipulation of votes, you know, to an algorithm besides the math analysis being done. So. Okay. So see, see, Brandon, when they're doing the audit, they're doing, you're doing, it's different than you're doing inside. When you look, when you have to stand back to see the algorithms, I'll give you an example of an algorithm, everybody. So here's Georgia. They just have the vote where, where Brian Kemp supposedly got 73%. Well, apparently, and I, I don't know, a hundred and some counties, uh, Candace Taylor, who they said got like 3%, you can take you can take Kemp's number of that county, take off 5%, and that's what Candace got. Or you can take 120 counties that John, or Jody Heights, I believe it was, or, or Witt, they got 17% exactly in every county um, of, the, of 120 counties. Those, to me, are, or when, you, when Dr. Frank says you can, uh, you can pick an age in a county and the same percentage of that age voted in every single county in the state, um, those are things that you can, those things you can look at from outside looking in and say they're mathematically impossible without a machine, a machine. It's just like everybody. And Doug, this is the biggest flag that I've seen back a year and a half ago when I look at deviations and I looked at one thing, just like you said it right there. You said 23,000 people voted that had moved from that address or whatever that no longer live in the state. That happened to everybody, and I have the voter rolls from every single state now, and who voted, and the registered voters. That happened almost nationwide, and I said to myself, people are genuinely good people. 23,000 people didn't walk into Arizona, and hey, we're going to commit a felony. No, it was done by a machine, by a computer programming, using their names. You know, that's that's what I believe in. Um, um, because you you could not get that many people to go out and commit felony, but but you can get a lot of people to do it as you've seen in 2,000 meals, right? But they're get you know so so this was stalled in so many different ways, and uh, but we've got to fix. I said, Doug, um, one of the things that I said the 2020 election will go down as the most important election in history because we've learned so much from it. And I will tell you this: all the hard work you did in vain. I mean, you, you did. It wasn't in vain. It was, you might think it's in vain now, but it's not. Because I'll tell you what, when we get through all this, we're in the greatest revival in history. People are, um, you know, 
they're coming they're they're coming to see the truth and the truth will be revealed and you guys all the hard work you've done and it's you you're gonna get uh god's gonna pay, give reward you for it and uh and uh we're very proud of everything you guys did down there i'm very proud of you and i want one more time to help out that you guys i'll tell you what right now if you guys if i get anything right now to the lindell um the lindell um legal offense fund I'm going to put anything that's put in there tonight, Doug. I'm going to help you guys out. And uh, um, so anybody, the Lindell Legal Offense Fund, go there tonight. The next 24 hours, we're going to help Doug out. And, and Doug, um, um, we're praying that we're praying for you and your family. We're praying that you get, uh, um, I might have to give you a call here because I'm sure we could, we could, I can always use a good cyber guy. And by the <laughs> way, that website is LindellLegalFund.org, LindellLegalFund.org. Dot org. And it's right on Frank's speech, everybody, if you miss it there. All right. Doug, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. Mike? Thanks a lot, Doug. Thanks, Great show. Brandon. Great show, Mike. Yep, thanks. All right. That's the Lindell Report. Be sure to go to MyPillow.com. Use that promo code L77. Don't forget about the pet beds we started out the show with. And uh, I hope a lot of you got your order in for Father's Day coming up Sunday. Sheets, towels, blankets. Of course, the dads love those slippers and the bathrobes. MyPillow.com. Promo code L77 to help Mike as he tries to fix 2020 and reclaim America and help us have a free, today's flag day, you know, a free society, free and fair elections. That's the Lindell Report. Thanks for watching. Take care. You're watching Lindell TV.